This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to
Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service, sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague, and thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tague, our musicians, Steve Helling, our reader and provider of the children's message, and our recording engineer is Isaac Christensen. A couple of announcements we'd like you to keep in mind is that uh, Wednesday night we'll have jam again, starting at 5.30, and that will be at Deronda Lutheran. And then uh, we have a bazaar coming Saturday, November 5th, 9.30 till 1 o'clock at uh, Trinity Lutheran. And uh, there'll be a large selection of baked goods, lefsa, uh, sandwiches, and so forth. So hopefully you can uh, come for that. And then November 6th, Little Falls will have their fall dinner from 11 to 1.30 with meatballs, mashed potatoes, gravy, corn rolls, and all the good trimmings there. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM. And it's live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. We want to thank WPCA for this broadcast. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to have a cloth laid down before you, a candle, a cross. You might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your at-home worship experience. You may also want to have a Bible and Bibles for the kids and the home worship materials. As we begin, worship is our desire to honor God to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence of God and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. We'd like to confess, have our, now go into our confession of sin and absolution. God of goodness and mercy, help us as we open our hearts and confess our sins. We doubt your presence and activity in our lives when we are struggling, confused, or hurting. Sometimes we lack patience, assuming we know when and how all things should happen. We forget that you are faithful in your promises to us. Other times we forget how vast your love is for us. For each of your children that we that you have uniquely created with purpose. We are truly sorry and ask for your forgiveness. Help us to do what is right in the days to come. Surround us and renew us with your grace. 
Amen. God is good, and God loves us unconditionally, at all times and in all places. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus, your sins and our sins are forgiven. Amen. We'll continue with some more gathering songs. Take time to be holy, speak off with the Lord, abide in Him always, and feed on His Word. Make friends of God's children, help those who are weak. Take time to be holy, the world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus, like him thou shalt be. Thy friends in thy conduct, his likeness shall see. Take time to be holy, let him be thy guide, and run not before him, whatever be Take time to be holy, be calm in thy soul. Each thought and each motive beneath his control. Thus led by his spirit to fountains of love. shall be fitted for service above. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain. Free to In the cross, in the cross, 
This morning we are pleased to have at Trinity Lutheran a baptism of Bailey Dunham. And it's exciting to have somebody again come into the kingdom of God. We also have confirmation where four young men are confessing their faith. Carson Hubrid, Carter Sorensen, Sam Strike, and Ethan Tymon. It's good to have baptism and confirmation on the same day, and we're looking forward to celebrating with these people the joy of your salvation. Let us pray together. Generous God, you promised Solomon whatever he wanted, and he asked you only for the wisdom to serve you. Grant us that same wisdom that we might work for your justice in the world. Amen. We'll continue with the reading of the scriptures and the children's sermon. The first reading is from 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 4 through 9, 10 through 15, and 16 through 28. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the principal high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, righteousness, 
and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on this throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Although I am only a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil, for who can govern this, your great people? Later, two women who were prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. The one said, Please, my lord, this woman and I live in the same house, and I gave birth while she was in the house. Then on the third day after I gave birth, this woman also gave birth. We were together. There was no one else with us in the house. Only the two of us were in the house. Then this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. She got up in the middle of the night and took my son from beside me while your servant slept. She laid him at her breast and laid her dead son at my breast. When I rose in the morning to nurse my son, I saw that he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning, clearly it was not my son I had born. But the other woman said, no, the living son is mine and the dead son is yours. The first said, no, the dead son is yours and the living son is mine. So they argued before the king. Then the king said, the one says, this is my son that is alive and your son is dead. While the other says, not so, your son is dead and my son is the living one. So the king said, bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living boy in two, then give half to the one and half to the other. But the woman whose son was alive said to the king, because compassion for her son burned within her, please, my lord, give her the living boy. Certainly do not kill him. The other said, it shall be neither mine nor yours. Divide it. Then the king responded, give the first woman the living boy. Do not kill him. She is his mother. All Israel heard of the judgment that the king had rendered, and they stood in awe of the king because they perceived that the wisdom of God was in him to execute justice. Here ends the first reading. Good morning, young neighbors. I hope you're doing well. Today we're going to talk about something that is very important. It is how we talk to God and Jesus. Do you know what that is? That's right, it's praying. So why is praying important? It's how we talk to God and Jesus one on one. Do you think that God or Jesus are ever too busy to listen to us? Nope, never too busy. So how are we supposed to pray? What do you think? Out loud in front of other people so they can hear us? Nope. If you do that, you're trying to make yourself look good to others. That is not a private conversation with God and Jesus. You can pray anywhere, at any time. God and Jesus will be there to listen. So I have another question for you. What should I pray for? A new bike? A pony? And for you adults, the Packers or Vikings to win on Sunday? Stuff I want? What do you think? Probably not. Let's discuss an example. Do you remember King Solomon from our reading today? 
He was the wisest king ever known. Well, how did that happen? Solomon was King David's son. And he was feeling unworthy and overwhelmed to rule over God's people. So one night in a dream, God offered Solomon anything he wanted. Instead of asking for things, he asked to have wisdom and be able to tell the difference between right and wrong. He wanted to rule justly and fairly over God's people. God was so pleased he gave him what he asked for. And you know what? He gave him honor and riches too. If he continued to follow God's rules and commands, he would also give him a long life. Now, will we get the exact same deal Solomon got if we pray for it? Probably not. But let's think about it. Do you remember the Lord's Prayer? This is the, there's one part I want to talk about. This is what Jesus taught the disciples. And here are the first few lines. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now let's think about that. When we pray this way, we are saying that God controls everything and that we want his will for us to come true. So when we pray asking for stuff, probably isn't a good idea. How about this instead? That we pray for kindness and peace that we pray for wisdom so we can be smart, that we pray to tell the difference between right and wrong, to help others discover God's love. Now, God will grant us these gifts using his will. It may not come when we expect it, but it comes in his time. So let's fold our hands and bow our heads for a short prayer. Dear God and Jesus, Remember, remind me to pray to you so we can have one-on-one -on -one time together. Help me understand what you want for my life. Give me the patience, wisdom, kindness, and other skills to be a good example to others so they want to get to know you too. In your name we pray. Amen. Don't forget to pray. God and Jesus want to hear from you. Have a great week.
Serve Him, serve Him, all you little children. God is love, God is love. Serve Him, serve Him, all you little children. God is love, God is love. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. Pray then in this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Change my heart, O God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O God, may I be like you. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. What a day for confirmation and baptism. We of the church are excited when we have people who profess their faith and when people are welcomed into the kingdom of God. But sometimes when we get young people to get involved, we don't always treat them with the kindness that grace that we have taught in Sunday school and in our sermons would allow them to live. And, uh, and sometimes we oversimplify things, and then there are things that come that are helpful. When I was confirmed, oh, so many years ago, my grandmother wrote in the book, the Bible that, that I got in confirmation, and she said, either this book will keep you from the devil, or the devil will keep you from this book. I would encourage you who are uh, being confirmed today and those who are helping grow daily into a life of faith, that you don't neglect the word. It might be an oversimplification what my grandma wrote, but it was has a kernel of truth that we want to remember. God's word does enlighten our lives and helps us to grow closer to God and to get to know who this Jesus is that loves us so much. But what about those expectations? Let's get a, from a reading from pastoral care and counseling about a guy named Aaron who was an all-American athlete in high school. In college, he graduated at the top of his class. Then he earned two master's degrees followed by a doctorate. Some of the top universities in the country sought him as a professor. Now in the fourth year of his teaching career, Aaron has changed jobs four times. His life as a university professor has become for him an exercise in frustration. His uneasiness as an educator can be illustrated with the two experiences from the classroom. On one occasion, a graduate student asked him a question for which he knew he did not have a definitive answer. His reaction was to get red in the face and feel embarrassed to the point of humiliation. 
He thought to himself, if I am the teacher, then I should know. I'm now exposed as a fake and a phony, an incompetent teacher. And then there was several times he spotted someone daydreaming during one of his lectures. Aaron felt inadequate and defeated as he surmised, if I can't make the presentation worth their staying awake, I don't deserve to be a teacher of the class. There's something wrong with my ability to teach if I can't hold their attention. I think a few of us pastors would be kind of concerned about how many people might fall asleep and daydream as we preach. But isn't that the way it goes? We start thinking negative thoughts about ourselves. We want to be so perfect. And that's why Aaron developed a habit of moving on every year to another school so that he could work with new students who had not yet discovered his fallibility. Aaron demanded as much for himself outside the classroom. Even though he was a premier tennis player, virtually every shot he missed was followed by a verbal assault on himself. You dummy, keep your eye on the ball! And other more vivid self-depreciations. Aaron's striving for perfection may seem extreme, but many otherwise sane and successful people make themselves miserable in ways just as irrational and unnecessary. With the passage of time, it is easy for us to lose our objectivity, our perspective, and our sense of proportion about things that we fail to realize how ridiculously hard we are on ourselves. Think of the husband who expects performance from his wife. He expects her to be completely loving, exactly, and always attuned to him sexually, a wonderful mother, a devotion his daughter-in-law to his mother and a well-adjusted person in her own right and he gets angry and upset and questions his judgment in staying with her those days when she is not. Then there's a parent who expects his kids to be well-mannered and well-behaved especially in public. He thinks himself to be a poor parent. I failed somewhere when his kid sprawls on the floor of the supermarket and squeals for three minutes without a breath or when he innocently strips and jogs naked around the yard. Observe the child who loses the contest and bawls his eyes out, even though he came in second in a field of 26. Or the child who mopes for hours because he struck out with the bases loaded despite mom's tears of get a home run and the umpire's crazy and other encouraging words. There's the intellectual who is so addicted to books, to learning new things, to improving himself and fulfilling all his potential that to lay down the book and play with the kids for 30 minutes would be too much frivolity and nonsense. He has more productive ways to invest his precious time. Never a wasted moment is his motto. Today, you four young people are confessing your faith. But it's not to be perfect. And I have to admit, when I was confirmed, I had high expectation and high goals and wanted to live out my faith in a perfect manner where I was a great follower of Jesus. And how disappointed I was after a few weeks when I found out I wasn't always as faithful as I thought I would be or as what I said I would be. How disappointed I was when I failed other people or when I failed myself and I was hard on myself and I couldn't accept God's grace for others and I couldn't accept it for myself. I hope this day as you make these promises to God, you understand that God is a loving God 
a grace-filled God who looks to love you at all times, to help you to grow and to learn and to be a person who is at peace with himself and with others. To think about grace in a way in which we learn to be graceful with others, where somebody is kind and gentle. We think of how people are somebody who is pleasant to be with. They are gracious. Those are kind of ways that we want to look at ourselves to be grace-filled and graceful. Grace so that is how God treats us. So then we learn, hopefully, that that's how we treat others. We offer, we live, we treat others with grace because God has given us grace. But one of the other things you need to know is that you have not only confessed your faith personally, but you've taken on this faith along with a whole host of witnesses. And in that, you have the chance to do some powerful, powerful things as you learn to live in a group and learn how to live in the kingdom where we are gracious to one another. One of the favorite lessons that I saw was lessons from the geese. And uh, just to go through about five things that we can learn from them. As each goose flaps its wing, it creates a split for the bird following. By flapping in a Y formation, the whole flock adds a 71% more flying range than if each were to fly alone. What's the lesson? Well, we learn to share a common direction and sense of community. We can get where we are going quicker and easier because we are traveling on the thrust of another. Know that we care about you. Know that we want to help you go farther than you have dreamed. That God wants you to go farther and he puts you in a community to help that happen. Lesson two, whenever a goose falls out of formation, it suddenly feels the drag and resistance of trying to fly alone and quickly gets back into formation to take advantage of the lifting power of the birds immediately in front. If we have as much sense as a goose, we will join in formations with those who are headed where we want to go. That's why church is important, and I appreciated with each of you four young men talking about wanting to stay involved in the church because it will help you again to head where you need to go. When the lead goose gets tired, lesson three, it rotates back into the formation and another goose flies at the point position. The lesson is it, takes, it pays to take turns doing the hard tasks, sharing leadership with people as with geese and becoming interdependent with one another. So sometimes you will learn to follow and support others, and other times you may have to take on the leadership. But know that you're not always doing it by yourself, that we need to stay interdependent with each other. The geese in formation honk from behind to encourage those up front to keep up their speed. And the lesson? We need to make sure our honking from behind is encouraging and something less than helpful, not something less than helpful. <laughs> I remember the story of the woman who was in a hurry to get someplace and the car behind, in front of her was going slow and got to the uh, 
stoplight and she was honking at the lady ahead of her and she was shouting at her and yelling at her and all of a sudden the blinking lights of the policeman came up and he uh, said, please get out of the car. She said, what, what, what? Said, get out of the car. And then he took her down to the station and they hauled the car there and for an hour she sat there wondering what in the world was going on. And when finally it was done, the policeman came to her and said, sorry, ma'am, when I saw your car and I saw you honking and using all those words and looked at the bumper sticker on honk if you love Jesus and all those things, I thought for sure you had stolen the car. I know that it's now yours. Honking should be encouraging. Help us to be that way. Help us to look to each other and encourage one another. You four young men, help each other out. Help each other be that kind of person that you say you want to be today. And help us, who are older or younger, to also encourage each other. And last of all, when a goose gets sick or wounded or shot down, two geese drop out of the formation and follow their fellow member down to help and provide protection. They stay with this member of the flock until he or she is either is uh, she either is able to fly again or dies. Then they launch out on their own with another formation or to catch up with their own flock. Again, if we have as much sense as the geese, we'll stand by one another like they do. That's what Christ asks us to do. Stand with each other, help each other, encourage each other, be part of growing together and to make a difference in our world. That's who we are as the church. We don't always act like it, but that's who we need to be. That's who we should be. And that's what we look forward to growing with you in doing and being. And last of all, I'll just say, because we're talking about Jesus in the church, we need to have the confidence that we understand that Christ is enough to break down all barriers. Christ is enough in peace or even in strife. Christ is enough to build our nation, our community, our church. Christ is enough for death and also for life. Christ is enough for the old, for the lonely, for the young, for you and me. Christ is enough for those who fall. We are not perfect people. We are people who understand the hurts, but Christ is enough. Christ is enough to save the sin sick. Christ is enough for one, for all. So as you four young men and as Bailey, you who are sponsors of the family, may you all grow in grace and may you all one day say, Christ is enough. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now.
already come this grace hath brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home when we've been there ten thousand years bright shining as the continue with confessing our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffering under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. justice and mercy, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. God, who surprises us with faithfulness when we least deserve it, show us mercy when we fail, and help us to walk in your ways boldly and with grace. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. As King David and King Solomon proved, even great leaders fall short. Forgive our world leaders for the things they do or don't do and give them repentant hearts that they might govern with justice. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. Heal all who struggle with illness, pride, selfishness, addiction, abuse, grief, or anything that causes suffering. Especially we remember Clara Garish, Richard Roos, Shirley Lenz, Ida Martinson, Helen Jorgensen, Dave Christensen, Maury and Lee Nicholson, Scott Morgan, Jim Wade, Julie Dubois, Rachel Seacrest, Randy Goglin, Gary Fredrickson, Helen Erickson, Christina Burgett, Pat and Lucille Trofe, 
Kelsey Zamuda, Jean Hoisington, Arlene Johnson, Dixie Tate, Craig Olson, and the family of Bob Miller. And today we ask you especially to have your hand of love on Bailey Dunham as she's baptized and her family now as they look to raising her in the church. And for our confirmands here, Carson Hubert, Sam Strike, Ethan Tymon, and Carter Sorensen. Bless them now and always. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. Open our eyes to see human need within our community and give us hearts and hands to fill those needs at every turn. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. With gratitude, we look to the saints for their leadership in modeling humility with their lives of love and service to you. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. We lift all for whom we pray into your loving arms, O God, in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Lord, listen to your children And to continue with this service, to share the peace, either with those around you or even with yourself, give yourself a blessing. And it can be done by simply putting your finger on your forehead and making the sign of the cross, or you can do it from your head to your stomach to each side of your chest as you say, May the power of your Holy Spirit. Strengthen and preserve me in life and grant me peace. Or some other words that you want to say that you would want to understand that grace and peace are yours through Jesus. He wants to bless you and bring you peace with all. We also want to uh, remind you that as people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. So let us pray. Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us the compassion of the Son to be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit to be the power that moves us. We continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us as we our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
Uh, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. For our closing song, I'd like to have Jim and Debbie do Borning Cry. And if you happen to have your hymnals, it's 732. And you can sing as loud as you want. Probably nobody will hear you other than those around. But it's a good song to remind us on a day of baptism, on a day of confirmation, and on for all of us as we look at life as a whole and we see that God is ever-present, always present, no matter what we are doing or where we are going, he is there. He's heard our warning cry, and he'll be there till the day we die. Warning cry. Enjoy. I was there to hear your warning cry. I'll be there when you are old. I rejoice the day you were baptized to see your life unfold. I was there when you were but a child with a faith to suit you well. In a blaze of light you wandered off to find where demons dwell. When you heard the wonder of the word, I was there to cheer you you were raised to praise the living Lord To whom you now belong If you find someone to share your time And you join your hearts as one I'll be there to make your verses rhyme From dust to rising sun in the middle ages of your life Not too old, nor longer young I'll be there to guide you through the night Complete what I've begun When the evening gently closes in And you shut your weary eyes I'll be there as I have always been With just one more surprise I was there to hear your warning cry I'll be there when you are old I rejoice the day you were baptized to see your life unfold. Be not dismayed, whatever be God will take care of.
listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. God will take care.